0: Just Our Real Estate, episode number 76. All right, welcome. Thank you for being with me here on Just Our Real Estate, My name is Mike Simmons, I am your host, and I am thrilled that you are here with me today. There's other things we all could be doing. I appreciate that you're choosing to spend some time here at Just Our Real Estate. I think that's very cool, and I'm glad to have you. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you, when you get a moment, go to my website, and while you're there, if you would, sign up for my mailing list. Because when you do that, I am gonna send you the top five real estate resources that I think every investor should be aware of. These are resources that I use in my business, resources that other very successful real estate investors use in their business as well. The other reason to sign up for my mailing list is very shortly, I am going to be announcing my brand new coaching program. Now, this coaching program is going to be awesome. I am going to take on a few students and I can only take a few because my time is limited. And frankly, I want to make sure that I'm giving the attention to my students that they deserve. I want to be there for them. I want to give them good quality time, quality information, and really make myself available to them. So I'm only going to take a few students and I'm going to announce the details first to my mailing list and give them the first opportunity to apply to be one of my students that I coach personally. I will absolutely make sure that you know the minute my the details are, are all set for the uh, coaching program and we can get off and running in 2014 and be absolutely as successful as we can possibly be. One of the ways that I plan on being more successful this year is I am going to crank up my and hold rental portfolio this year. As of right now, I only have one rental. I am a buy and flip guy. That's pretty much just how I've done my business to this point, uh, but I want to get going with my rental business and crank it up to be as good and as successful as it can possibly be. One of the companies that's going to have a major impact on my success this year is a company called Rent Prep, and I am so impressed with this company and its owner that I'm not only going to use their service, but I also ask them to be a sponsor on this podcast. If you're not familiar with RentPrep, I suggest you go back and listen to the episode number 62 of this podcast where I interview Stephen Michael White, the founder and CEO of RentPrep. RentPrep is a screening company that you should be using to screen your potential renters. They use real-life screeners to complete the reporting using multiple databases. This makes for a more comprehensive and compliant report. Last year, RentPrep ran over 30,000 background checks to help keep landlords from renting to bad tenants. They learned that 49% of all applicants had one type of adverse action or another, evictions, judgments, liens, bankruptcy, and criminal records. Half of the background checks performed had something that indicated a higher rental risk. They talk to landlords every day that just got out of bad rental situations, and they look to rent prep to make sure it never happens again. You can call their office and speak to a screener. In fact, you can speak to the screener that actually completed your background check and have them answer any questions that you might have. To check them out, go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash rent prep and type in the promo code just start to receive their landlord form bundle for free you can also use that coupon code just start whenever you're ordering their screening products and you'll receive an additional 10 percent off your order i suggest you go there now check them out if you're a landlord you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your business to screen properly all right on to the show all right, thank you for joining me on another Quick Point episode. I really appreciate it. I do appreciate you being here very much. It means a lot to me. This week we're talking about rentals, and uh, we're talking about rentals because it is something that I'm going to incorporate into my business uh, that I really haven't done to this point. I have one rental, and I kind of backed into it. It really wasn't something I intended on being a rental. Um, it wasn't a failed flip, which is how a lot of investors back into a rental. It's kind of a flip that went sideways, and then you end up having to. Rent it Because things go, you know, haywire. That's not what happened to me. Uh, this was a house I used to live in, and then when the market crashed, it was just upside down. And I, I bought a new house and got married, and so I rented it out because it just wasn't a house I could sell, and it never was intended to be a flip or anything like that. But anyway, so I'm renting it out because I, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't a candidate for for selling because I it was upside down. I owed more than what it was worth, so I'm renting it. I did it all wrong. I never wanted to be a landlord. I, I kind of. I didn't put the effort in to in the beginning to screen I I just I picked the wrong renter. I've listened to every bad excuse in the world about why I'm not getting paid my rent on time. It's just been a huge disaster. But over the last several months and in the last few uh, in particular, I've been doing this podcast. I've interviewed some very successful landlords and some buying hold buying hold real estate guys and, and ladies and. You know, I've just kind of gotten the bug. I, I think that uh, rentals is a great part of the uh, the business that I've I've sort of been avoiding and not not uh, taking full advantage of. I live in Michigan, and Michigan, the, the house prices are just insanely cheap compared to the rest of the country. Or certainly uh, houses on the, on the coast. You know, I mean, in the Midwest here, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, all three of those states, you know, I think have pretty similar real estate prices. It's very reasonable and uh, being in Michigan, I- I'm sort of missing out on some really good cash flow and some really good return on investment that I really, I should not be avoiding. I should not be, um, you know, shying away from this. So. I'm going to attack this whole buy and hold uh, rental uh, part of my business this year. I'm still going to be flipping houses, but uh, rentals is something that I'm going to dive into pretty heavily. And I I want to take it very seriously. Um, I think it's a great way to create passive income. I mean, uh, you know, if something happens to me, I get hit by a bus or I'm in the hospital, you know, my flipping business is not enough on autopilot that I can walk away and not be involved. I need to be involved. So uh, the rental business is going to be there to sort of run, you know, at some point. On its own for the most part and and it'll it'll generate that that income every month that I don't have to be out there you know working every single day for the money to come in. so everyone knows why rentals are are um, you know attractive to investors and I don't think I have to explain that to you, but that's my thought process. so, as I go through this process, you know, it's not something that I would consider myself an expert in the buy and hold market. I've learned a lot. I know a lot about it, but I'm learning and I'm I'm, I'm new to it. I'm new because I only have one. So that makes me relatively new, right? And as I learn, as I go through this process, I'm going to share with you the things that I do wrong. If I do something wrong, and I'm sure I will. And I'm going to share with you the things that I do right. And hopefully there'll be a lot of things that I do right. So we can share those things too. But I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to give you the good the bad and the ugly, and then uh, we can learn together. And I hopefully it's a learning experience for everybody. Um, I'm hoping not to make too many mistakes. I know we can learn from our mistakes, but uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm i, I don't want to make a lot of mistakes. That that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. So I'm gonna be a little cautious about it. I'm gonna talk to a lot of people that I respect in the industry who do this uh, quite successfully, and uh, and try to you know sidestep some problems, just like I recommend that you do. That you sidestep problems uh, by talking to someone who who's been there and done that someone who has experience and pretty soon my coaching program will be off the ground I'm going to have a few students and I hope to help them sidestep some problems and save them some money and time and aggravation and uh, launch their uh, launch their business with them. So that's the plan. So today, what I want to do is talk about some tips and some techniques for rental success, things that I've learned over the past couple of months, just little things you might not have thought of or little things that you might want to be aware of as you go into a, a rental investing um, endeavor. So I'm going to share with you today... 10 of the tips and techniques that I've learned over the past few months uh, interviewing very successful landlords and this is not this this list is not all inclusive you know there's there's more than 10 things that you couldn't learn about rentals or you know 10 tricks or techniques or tips that you could use to be successful. Trust me, there's more than 10. And I I highly encourage you to email me or write in the show notes would be even better. Any other tips that you have for uh, potential or new landlords would be great. I would appreciate it. I know I would appreciate it. So I'm sure other people appreciate it as well. So these are things I'm gonna incorporate in my business. Like I said, this is just a, it's a, it's a start of a list. There's 10 things here and I wanna go through them and tell you why I'm I'm putting these on the list and why they're important and uh, yeah, add to it. If you have more things, add to it and let me know. Okay, these are not in any certain order either. So just bear with me. I'm, I'm just gonna go through all 10 and, and if you think one is super important and it's number five, I didn't put it in order of importance, do so please don't, don't think I did. Okay, number one, charge a little bit more for rent and then offer a discount for on-time payment. Now, what I have on my rental, and I think most people have, is I charge a certain rental amount, and if they're late, they get charged a late fee, right? So what I have been told, and a technique that I've learned is, let's just say for round numbers, your rent you want is $1,000, okay? And then if they're late, you might charge them $50 as a late penalty if they're not, you know, if they don't pay on the first. So they would owe you 1000 and then 50 as a late fee. Now, if you ever had to go to court to collect, it's harder to collect, at least in Michigan, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this probably holds true in, in other states, but it's harder to collect late fees than it is actual rent, right? So what I've been told is instead of charging $1,000 and then a $50 late fee, what you do is you charge That's the rent. However, if they pay the rent on the first, you discount their rent to $1,000. See how that works? It's the same thing. It's just different wording, and it's a different perception uh, if you ever had to go to court with this, that the rent is $1,050, Right. So if they don't pay you by the first, they owe you $1,050, and that's just straight rent. There's no late fees technically being assessed. However, if they pay on the first, they only have to pay you $1,000, which is the rent that you really want to begin with. So that's how you can do it. You can kind of switch that up so it's considered um, rent instead of a late fee. It's just a little, little, little technique, a little tip that I learned over the last few months. The other thing is number two is using e-renter for payments, right? Having payments collected electronically and automatically every month from your renter's um, bank account. Now, I didn't do this. My renter uh, would send me a check and then that didn't work out so I asked them to start depositing the rent directly into my account. So they had my uh, account number and then they would go in and, and they would directly deposit rent. That stopped working, and I was several months behind, so uh, we started doing um, a, a cash exchange. So basically, they meet me with the rent money in cash every month. Now, that's extremely inconvenient for me. I'm sure it's inconvenient for the renter. It's not a good situation, but as I said, I've made some mistakes. I've set things up poorly. I don't have the right systems and I'm going to change all that but that's that's just currently how I'm doing it. So shame on me. I need to go to E Renter or another uh, service like that that can process the payments and, and collect them automatically so I don't have to worry about that every month. Number three, you can, I just found this out in the last few months, if you end up going to court and having to evict and you get a judgment, <clears throat> it is your responsibility to collect on that, on that judgment on the money. So, You can, if the renter will not pay the judgment, you can garnish taxes, tax returns. You can also garnish income. Um, You need their social security number to do that, but you probably have it because they filled out, hopefully, an application. I wasn't so poorly uh, equipped in the beginning that I didn't at least have them filled an application. I did. So you can garnish tax returns and income in order to get the payment because a lot of times they just won't pay it, right? You'll get a judgment for whatever you're owed, but. How do you collect that, right? They have to pay you. They have to want to pay you. So if they don't want to pay you, you can garnish the tax return. So that's an option you might want to look into. Um, FYI, it's, it's actually pretty cheap. Uh, here in Michigan, I think it's like $20, maybe $25 for the uh, for the paperwork, and and then you submit it. It's, it's really not that hard. I mean, I have an attorney that's they're going to help me with it if I need to do that, but um, it's not expensive. So <clears throat> that's a good thing. Number four, make sure there are no blanks on the application. When you give them the application, they give it back, make sure they don't omit their social security number. Make sure they don't fail to fill in previous uh, rentals that they've been involved in or, or you know their past rental history, that has to be filled in. So basically anything on that application should be filled in. If it's not, you need to require them to do it. You need to give it back to them and ask them to please fill out the rest of it. If they have reasons why they can't give you their social security number, you know, maybe that's not the right renter for you because they, frankly, they need to give you the information so you can do accurate background checks and use companies like uh, the, the the sponsor of this podcast, Rent Prep. They are fantastic. I highly suggest if you have a rental or more than one rental, uh, or even if you have one rental, doesn't matter. Go to a company who's going to do those those, uh, background checks, and I, like I said, I'm thoroughly impressed and absolutely thrilled with RentPrep, and I think that they're the best out there. But you can go with whoever you want, but you should be doing background checks and screening these renters thoroughly so that you don't have problems. But there can be no blanks on the application. They have to fill out everything, give you all the information that you need. All right, number five. Try to get 10 applications. Now, this is where I fell flat. I think I got two, and then I picked one of them. That's horrible. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I have been told that 10 applications is like the sweet spot. That's what you want. If you can you know, find 10 people who want to rent your property, you're gonna find someone good out of those ten. If you can't get ten, that's you know okay. You can't get ten, but you need to get more than one or two or three. You know, I would say at least five. Try to get ten, and of those five to ten, you should very, very, you should definitely be able to find someone who's who's qualified and is going to be a good renter out of that number. So, try to get ten uh, or as close as you can to that. Okay, number six, have a small cash reserve. You should after you buy the house after you renovate it, and then once you have a tenant in it, you should have something set aside for maintenance. Now, hopefully when you renovated it, it, it's all, you know, up to speed and up to snuff and everything's working and you don't have any issues, but you still should have a small reserve set aside in case something goes wrong that you can take care of it. And there's no issue with trying to get the money together to fix a hot water heater or, you know, whatever the case may be, you can fix a, a leaky roof. Like I said, hopefully that stuff was taken care of when you bought the house, but you never know. So have a small cash reserve on hand so you never have to be caught without the money to make the necessary repairs okay speaking of repairs number seven make sure your tenant is responsible for the first one hundred dollars of repairs now why should they be responsible for the first one hundred dollars because that keeps you from having to bring them you know an extra pack of light bulbs when they're you know a light bulb burns out or you know if you have a leaky faucet and, and a plumber needs to come in and they charge you you know. $100 $100 to, to fix a leaky faucet, that they're not calling you for every little tiny thing that happens. If they're responsible for the first $100, that will dramatically cut down on the number of calls you're getting for minor little piddly stuff in the middle of the night. So that should uh, you know be a deterrent for calling you when a light bulb burns out. Okay, number eight, visit the prop- Property regularly. Make sure you know what's going on there. Don't let the place be in shambles before you ever see it. I'm not saying you have to go into the property. You know, once a week—that's crazy. But you know, maybe once every quarter, once every two or three months, maybe go into the property and, and take a look around and just make sure everything's okay. This is something else I've done wrong. I I don't go to my property often enough, and then until recently, I hardly ever went. So you know you just need to go and make sure this is your your property this is your house or your apartment complex or your you know multifamily so go there and make sure that the place isn't falling down around you or make sure that there's not damage being done that you aren't aware of so if you go there regularly you will not be surprised when they do eventually move out you'll know what the house or the property looks like all right number 9 ask for the rent to be made using a cashier's check now this is completely up to you if you you know, are fine with personal checks and you've had no issue, then that's great. I have had personal I've had issues with personal checks. And so like I said, I actually went straight to cash. I, I require cash every month. But a cashier's check at least will make sure that there's money in the account when they pulled it out and you should be good to go. For my particular situation, my renter is just beyond help in that category. So we're going straight to cash so I know there's no issues. Okay, but that's one idea is use cashier check if you don't go to e-rent or payment wise if you're if you're set not set up that way or you're not comfortable online then at least get a cashier's check all right number 10 and finally last one Keep the property in good repair. Why is this a tip? Why is it a technique? Why would I call this something that you should be told? Because some landlords, frankly, let the properties fall into disrepair. They ignore the the tenants when they say there's you know little minor issues and next thing you know, you have a property that's basically falling apart and it looks horrible. You keep that property in good shape. You take care of issues as they come up. You're very prompt, you're very diligent about keeping things in, uh, in good shape. Your renters will be more incentivized, I think, to treat you with respect, to treat the house with respect. They'll have more pride of living there if you make sure that it stays in nice condition. And a lot of that is on you. You have to make sure that you're there, you see what's going on. If something needs to be done, that you take care of it. And you don't let the place fall down around your tenants because, you know, pretty soon they won't care either. If you don't care, they don't care. And next, you know, you have a bad situation and next thing you know. So keep the house up, keep the property up. Make sure that everything is in good working order for your tenants and I think you'll have a lot more success with them. Okay, so these are various tips and techniques uh, for successful renters, uh, successful rentals I should say. Um, I'm sure there's things that could be added to this list. Like I said, this is not all-inclusive. I'm not trying to... uh, present it as an all-inclusive list, but it's a good start. It's a good list for you to get going on and make sure that you're checking all these things off as you go. And and, and I think that's going to help you have a successful rental business. I encourage you to anything that's not on this list, any other tips that you might have, throw them in the show notes down below. Uh, I will respond to them. I'm sure people will appreciate anything that you have to offer in terms of your own expertise or your own experience in this area. If you want to email me, go for it. You can email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com I will make sure to include them in future episodes and, and make sure that, you know, if you've got some good uh, some good tips for people, I'll get them out there so people know about it. If you want to go to the show notes for this uh, particular episode, you can go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash episode 76. Before we go today, I wanted to remind you to go to our sponsor at juststartrealestate.com forward slash rent prep. When you go there and enter the promo code just start, you will receive their landlord form bundle for free. Also, when you use the promo code just start, you will receive 10% off of all of their screening products. So go there today, check them out and enter the promo code just start. Please also be sure to sign up for my mailing list and I will send you the top five resources I think every real estate investor should know about. Also, stay tuned for the upcoming announcement of my new coaching program. I'll only be able to take on a few students initially, and I will be telling you exactly how to apply in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about this program. I know I'm going to be able to help a few people either launch their real estate investing business or take it to the next level in 2014. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.